Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 228 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth, what's going on? Uh, not much. Pretty excited, actually. This is kind of a slow news week, but we had pre-release for Modern Horizons. We got shakeups in Modern, so we still have plenty to talk about, but before we into that we have a a very a very hot crim i heard uh, you're you're living in 100 degree weather with no ac crim is that is that what's up today yeah i just like living in a sauna it's cool it's uh just, well the opposite of cool it's very hot but uh you know it's fine <laughs> i i would literally die it's like probably 75 here in new york and i got my ac going so uh, I, I would die if it was 100 and no ac <laughs> i gotta go so, get an ac <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, good to have everyone back. So today, we're mostly going to be modern-focused. We're going to talk a little bit about the release or pre-release of Modern Horizons. Uh, officially, the set doesn't release in paper till Friday, but it's out on Magic Online. Pre-release events happened in paper this weekend, so plenty to talk about there. We also want to talk a bit about Modern and some of the shakeups that are going on in the format already, even though this set doesn't actually come out until Friday of paper, already seeing some big changes in the Modern meta, thanks to Modern Horizons. Uh, maybe some other little topics before we get into fish mail, but that's our main plan, Modern Horizons and also Modern. Uh, so let's jump right into it. And first off, did either of you actually play any Modern Horizons pre-release events this weekend. This weekend, I I did I technically did not. <laughs> I that's technically a, that's a strange answer answer. Well, okay, so I <laughs> got my packs and then I left. <laughs> oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> but <Grim>. but <laughs> I I just wanted my packs because I couldn't resist. I needed to bust open some packs, and because I didn't want to spend like like whatever 30 some dollars on a force of negation thought maybe i'd try to open it did you i open didn't it? did i didn't open it <laughs> see now if you played the pre-release and got some prize packs maybe the force of you're negation right. wasn't there you're right you're right but instead i did get a snow-covered swamp a giver of runes and that's about <laughs> all i care about <laughs> does it every does every pack have a snow-covered basic? I don't okay, know if that's Don't take this from me, Seth, okay? <laughs> let me enjoy my... Planes or something, you know, not the good lands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh... I, did, I did open also a foil Plague Engineer, so I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, good foil sideboard card. That's sweet. Yep. Uh, Richard, what about you? Any MH1 this weekend? Uh, I, I played a lot of MH1, but in the modern queues, where it's getting slammed, which we'll talk about soon, but no, no pre-release. I... I was too obsessed with uh, playing Modern and, and couldn't get myself to actually play one of the pre-release events on Moto. Uh, yeah, well, I kind of did pre-release. Uh, I did some pre-release drafts. We streamed some on uh, Thursday for the stream, and also I did one for fun, and I thought the format was fun. I didn't actually play Sealed, which is kind of like the traditional pre-release format, so I didn't do the Sealed events, but the draft format seemed really interesting. There's a lot of cool archetypes. There's some really powerful cards. Uh, built some kind of like janky-ish decks, like a Naya lands in the graveyard themed deck. 
deck, uh, a lot of blue-black decks. For some reason, I tend to just, like, fall into building blue-black draft decks in Limited. I I don't even intend to. Like, we forced Ninjas one draft, and it didn't end all that well, but it was still pretty sweet. So I thought it was a a pretty fun Limited format. Um, But I was kind of like Richard, though. My main focus was on actual Modern, more so than uh, MH1 Limited, because uh, Modern is definitely undergoing kind of a big shakeup based on uh, Modern Horizons. So, uh, Richard, Modern Horizons in Modern. Uh, you spent the weekend playing Modern. What did you see going on in the Modern queues? All right. So there's a new deck, a new deck, or maybe a, an adjustment to an existing deck, uh, playing everyone's favorite free card, Hogak. So if you forgot about Hogak, you talked about him last week. Uh, you basically invoke and delve Hogok out. You can cast from the graveyard. It's an 8-8 trample. Uh, and you play Hogok in a Vengevine shell. And uh, there's bridge from below. There's Vengevines. Uh, your typical graveyard shenanigans. And then there's the uh, the altar of Dementia, I believe, which lets you mill. So I've had the privilege of playing against this deck. I've been killed on turn three multiple times <laughs> through scavenging oozes and surgical extractions. Uh, there's a top post on Reddit right now where uh, someone who started with the deck, uh, uh, you know, an early pioneer, they have a 79% win rate with this deck. And it can go tall with uh, Hogox, 8-8 Trample. It can go wide with Bridge Willow tokens. It can make tons and tons of zombies. And it can also do a combo kill by, uh, you know, taking all those tokens and sacking them to, to mill you out. Uh, so that is... Uh, a deck that's on everyone's radar because it just seems really good. People are saying, rest in peace is too slow. Uh, that's a little troublesome. I, I died with many... My traditional drug game that I hate does not work with them. Uh, you know, craft diggers cages don't do anything. Uh, surgicals don't do anything. Scavenging ooze, like, it's just really difficult. Uh, ley lines might help better. But that's the Hogok deck, which we'll talk about. And then uh, there's some of the other suspects that we thought would show up in Modern, which I've been seeing in the queues. Uh, oh, what's the Cajun called? I forgot already. Oh, Unsettled Mariner. Unsettled Mariner showed up in Humans. I've seen it a couple times. I don't know. Against Jump-style decks, it's just about Athalia. I don't really care about it. I've seen Scale-Up and Infect. It's really good. Uh, if you ever tap out, they just randomly scale up, and you t- you've taken like seven infected damage out of nowhere. Whereas before, you could play around the become immense, and you can count, and you can you know hold up mana. Uh, so that that's pretty interesting. Uh, I've seen the canopy lands in like every deck imaginable. Um, those are the decks I've seen floating around modern. Uh, but the Hogak deck is really the disgusting deck because I've been killed on turn three. I've just played like two tap lands and then died. So uh, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> deck. And uh, the we'll see how the London Mulligan affects it as well. Yeah, that deck is very good and very scary. We don't really have a ton of tournament results yet, but they do these challenge events on Magic Online each weekend, and that's kind of uh, one of the higher EV events uh, that they do on a regular basis, and I think Kogic was 8 out of the top 32, and that's especially impressive considering that Thursday afternoon is when Modern Horizons released, uh, and I was trying to get cards to work on videos, even on like Friday, and some cards were kind of out of stock, so people not only 
only did they perform well with the Hagik deck, they managed to, like, build this deck in a couple of days. Like, it's so uh, raw and new and untested to some extent. So to see, like, so many different people just absolutely crush to the modern challenge with the Hagik deck, uh, I don't know. I am definitely very scared of that deck. I personally played against it. Uh, I've been working on uh, Blue Black Ninjas, and I literally had... Triple, <laughs> triple surgical extraction opener. And I thought I had it made. Like, what else could you want against a dredge, like, Vengevine style deck? And I lost. I exiled Bridge from Below. I exiled Vengevine. I exiled Bloodgast. And they had a stupid Hoggick in hand and just cast, like, horrible grave crawlers or whatever <laughs> to convoke it out and just beat me with an 8-8 trample. <laughs> oh, that deck. <sighs> I think if you would have connected maybe with Ink Eyes. <laughs> I needed, I, I, in some ways I was unlucky because if they, I was waiting for them to mill a Hoggick because I knew they had one in the hand from the first surgical, but they kept whiffing on their surgical extraction. So finally they just like never milled one and cast it from hand and, oh, have you played against that deck yet, Krim? Uh, yes, but I call it Hokage just because of (laughs) 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 And I didn't have a problem with it, but that's because I played Leyline and I had it, so I was I was very happy. <laughs> I, I think that is the best answer. Like I have seen, I my graveyard hate in the deck uh, that I was playing against it was ravenous traps and surgicals, and uh, I don't think that's enough. Like I don't think that those cards by themselves are like a guaranteed win. So I think you really need to be on the Leyline plan. So I think I mean Leyline values already going up because of London Mulligan starting in a few weeks, but I think like that's where you want to be to fight this Hoggick deck is uh, and. But even that's not really a guaranteed win because they're a green-black deck. They have Assassin's Trophies. They have Abrupt Decays. It's not like you play a turn one ley line and they're like, oh, I auto-lose. But it's like, I got to find my answer. And with London Mulligans, if they know you're bringing ley line after sideboard, they just mulligan until they hit their Assassin's Trophies. So uh, we'll see. Uh, it well, might be too good. It might be. I I, I mean, th- as I said, I liked Kaya's Guile. So, uh, like, like, you know, that, that card... Has also helped me though, because I played two of those in the main deck of my Esper deck. Is it fast enough? What I have been losing to is Mycosynth Lattice. So, I mean, (laughs) 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 I am on another side of the thing where it's like, oh, I need to stop losing to that card. (laughs) It it feels so bad when they just plus card and blow my lands. It's funny because before Modern Horizons, uh, when I started playing Modern, I ran into nothing but like Azorius control. Like I think in like two leagues, I played like eight Azorius control decks. Uh, post post Modern Horizons, I haven't like I just haven't seen any Azorius control, and you know small sample size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, it's funny that. Krim is uh, complaining. He's like, fine. he's perfectly fine with Hogak, but then Magnuson Lattice gets you, and that's kind of the story of modern, right? It's before all these things, like you can take care of one deck if you go all in, but then some other deck kills you, so then you can't, right? So then you just gotta you, you gotta do it the Jund way, just be forty five percent against everyone. <laughs> I, or you know, you just be an extra like, narrow sideboard. I just go like four ceremonious rejection rejections. <laughs> Cleansing you Nova. Need <laughs> you need creatures, Krim. If you have creatures, card doesn't do anything to you. <laughs> I have Snapcaster. <laughs> that's a two-one at instant speed. That's value. <laughs> yeah, but the, the funny thing about this Hogak that I was talking to Seth is it is so fast. Like against Dredge or against Phoenix, I consider those decks so much slower. 
because you can just sit there. They do their stuff, but they can't kill you instantly. So you can untap, wrath the board, clean it up, and, you know, like take take care of things after the fact. But this deck is so resilient, and it combo kills. So the minute they go off, it's it's like it's over, right? So to fight that, I think I'm putting four ley lines in my yeah. black green deck, and uh, Tarmogoyf will be sad if he's drawn <laughs> and there's a ley line out, but. Uh, I think we're just taking out the Tarmogoyfs and just putting in ley lines. Thoughtsies, <laughs> <laughs> ley line, uh, okay, treetop village beats, let's go. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. It doesn't feel great, but like, maybe that's the answer. I I, I think the deck, though, is very powerful. The, I, once, I keep, once again, the Hokage deck is is very, very powerful. Uh, I obviously understand why a lot of people are out there and destroying with this deck. Um, I, I, but I, my my thing is, unless, like for those decks that aren't playing white, uh, Hogak is kind of like absurd for me. It's more of like everything that like everything else, like blood gas and like yeah. Because you, know, you have you have path to deal with. If you're playing like yeah. blue white, then you just have path. But if you're playing like a red deck or a blue deck, and you don't have that, a black deck, it's actually really difficult to kill Hogak. Like fatal push, lightning bolt, dismember, a braid, all the most popular yeah. removal outside of path doesn't really deal with it. And even if you can deal with it somehow, like you have a Terminator or something, it's so easy for them to recast, especially it's really the altar of dementia that makes the deck so absurd. Like that's the, that is the engine card that really makes it scary. Like without that, it would still probably be fine. Like, because Bridgevine has been around for a while. Like, Bridgevine, if you remember, like, this was a deck where people are, like, faithless suiting <laughs> Bridge from Below's and Vegemite to their graveyard, and they tried to, like, cast Hangerback Walkers for zero mana so they would die. Like, that was the, the origins of this Bridgevine deck. But now with Altar of Dimension, Hagik, it is way different. All the janky, like, cast my creatures so they intentionally die cards are gone. You get to replace it with Carrion Feeder and Altar of Dementia, which is, like, insane sack outlets, insane self-mill, and as Richard mentioned, you have this infinite mill, well, not infinite mill, but mill your opponent's entire deck combo kill, so a lot of the answers that you would otherwise try to use, like Ensnaring Bridge or Wrath or something, aren't actually all that effective, because if your opponent has Altar going, along with Hagik, they can just mill you out on the spot without really ever needing to attack you. Like, they can just win right away on that same turn without passing back. Yep. I mean, that's that's why you kind of can, you can try to go underneath that, because I have I played a bit of Esper, and I also played Infect. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what, it does, it does feel good when you scale up just a little bit, just, just a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I don't have to play the super long, uh, fair game and pray that I have my hate, but, uh, like, instead I just kill them. And, uh, since they don't play, like, at least I haven't played any with Dark Blast, you know what I mean? Like, Blighted Agent just connecting is, you know, problem solved. Like, I don't have to worry about it. I count to ten and they're done. I, yeah. <laughs> That's one way. Blighted agent, mutagenic girl scale up. Okay, thank you. I have, oh, what was the problem with this deck? <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely lost uh, to Infect on turn two thanks to scale up. Like, I think it actually is one of those decks that kind of goes from, like, second or third tier up, maybe an entire tier, because uh, Infect could kill on turn two before, but it took, like, 
a four card combo or something. You have like multiple mutagenic grows or like two four damage pumps. But it's like it's it's hard for infect to kill on turn two normally. But with scale up, it's a pretty simple like three card one drop scale up into another four damage pump spell, and you just win the game if your opponent doesn't have an answer. So it, it's much scarier now. Infect is as well. I think that's another one of the decks that seems to have benefited the most uh, from cards from Modern Horizons? Yeah, it's really good. I thought at first it was just another... Uh, uh, I forgot the name of the Delve card. What's the big... Oh, Become Immense. Become, yeah. uh, Become Immense. But the, the thing with Become, Become Immense was never really a problem in fact, and it's because to actually fire off a Become Immense, you need a graveyard, and that means the game has gone on for a while. Which means, uh, as the opponent to the Infect deck, you have kind of like set up your answer and like you know it's coming and you know you can do things because it's gone long. Whereas scale up, you can just happen at any time. That's the scary thing, and yeah, it's it's a little scary and it it it's just so efficient. Like they can scale up and then they can hold a Blossoming Defense or whatever. So you you need to be very careful. And then there's always just the desperation hail mary. Like, oh, imagine oh. a burn spell that does, like, 75% of your life, right? <laughs> like, even if you're losing, you have no protection, you just randomly scale up and hit someone, it, it could work, right? So, it, it's pretty good. Right? It's a I, lot better I, than the comments, and, yeah, the, the one mana part was the same, but the fact that you don't have to delve anything or set anything up, and you can do it super early, makes it a lot better. I mean, they, they, like, I, I just call the deck now just ban control pretty much because it's humorous and on top of that I get to play Teferi in it so it hits all the check boxes for me it plays a three fairy plays counter spells and spell pierce only, only, it's, only it's, Krim it's a control Krim deck finds a way to Look. put Teferi in his infect deck somehow I like I started at four <laughs> four of the three mana ter- like if you have that on the board like as an infect deck, it uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the oh. actually pretty good. I want to try this. <laughs> like I would, I, I'm gonna just take my turn and I'm gonna kill you now. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll just give him another couple hours and he'll come up with the Teferi Hogak list. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but Teferi infect is actually pretty interesting <laughs> it it the white splash also gives you access to some other stuff in the sideboard but like yeah i i really like the white splash and infect so I'm, I'm a huge and i'm like infect is like the last deck i would ever play it wasn't until i could add to fairy and then i was like okay all right i accept <laughs> so looking through the challenge lists which are really the only list we have because it says sent out in paper uh seeing a lot of force of negations showing up like usually a two of in control decks uh one card i kind of slept on a little bit was magmatic sinkhole the like dell five damage uh removal spell is showing up as like a two of in a lot of jeskai style control decks uh and then ranger captain of eos uh or eos is showing up in humans also showing up in a new like esper style death shadow deck where you can tutor up your death yeah. shadows also Krim has to fairies so uh so yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. This deck's already great. And then a lot of the lands are showing up in various decks. Also, one that really caught my eye was uh, oh, the janky red enchantment. 
uh, Aria of Flame, I think it's called, uh, showing up in Storm as like a backup grape shot win condition, uh, which is kind of hilarious. I was not actually expecting Storm decks to play that, but apparently uh, making your opponent gain 10 life isn't that big of a deal when you can just storm off and uh, proceed to win. So how big, how much of this meta do you think will continue? Like we're literally three days into Modern Horizons on Magic Online, not even out in paper, like this Hoggick deck, uh, the Infect deck. Some of the stuff we're talking about, is this the new normal of modern, or do you think stuff is just going to adjust a week from now, a month from now? It'll adjust. It's going to adjust. Yeah, it will adjust, because like these Hogarth decks will start facing the mirrors, uh, so they're going to have to adjust their deck to try to like edge out each other in the mirror, and then they'll probably be worse against other decks, and I don't know, something will happen, but I London don't know that... <laughs> Like after the adjustment, we'll have anything remotely close to fair, because the Hogak deck just—it's just so good on so many different dimensions, right? Like, it goes tall, it goes wide, it does combo, so eh, it can judge you out too, right? Like, so I—I I don't know, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it I, goes. I definitely think it has a much more legitimate beatdown plan than most dredge style decks like usually the downside of dredge if you ever have seen dredge with like a light lane out they're like casting one power three mana creatures or something like their deck is so bad they can't even cast like their prize amalgams it's like really bad if their graveyard gets shuts down but and while it's not ideal to have that happen against your hoggick deck like casting a bunch of grave crawlers and blood gas like that's actually a way you can win some games without your graveyard you're playing like two power creatures for one mana instead of one powered creatures for three mana so i think having a backup plan that actually can sometimes win through graveyard hate is another big reason that deck is uh, pretty frightening so any other uh, modern observations or modern horizon observations before uh before we move on to other topics teferi's puzzle box is back I, I noticed that spiked a lot. It seems like people realize people were playing like uh, Days Undoing to combo with Narset, and then they're like, "Oh, we can just like do that every turn with Teferi's Puzzle Box. Why why don't I just have a have one of those every turn?" Yeah, I have my white bordered uh uh like Russian one, so it's great. It's not even in English. And <laughs> have you? So what have you been? Uh, what have you guys been playing? In modern, with new Modern Horizons cards. We've heard a little bit, but what, what were you playing this weekend, Richard? Were you just junding people out still? Uh, green, black. Any <laughs> new cards? Drop the red. Uh, Strangle Root guys. Strangle Root guys. So, I don't know, I gotta change this deck now. This deck was made to prey on control, but I don't play control anymore. But I really wanted Strangle Root guys. Um, Strangle Root guys in Treetop Village for all the Planeswalkers. And then Scavenging Ooze and Kalitas for all the unfair decks. But those cards do nothing against <laughs> Hogak. So I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to have to put in four Ley Lines for this. But I don't know. Maybe I'll just join the Hogak. Like, that's basically Jund. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, right? You know what's better than Tarma going? Like a one-man 8-8 trample. So, yeah, right? Speaking uh, of Tarmogoyf, someone sent me a, a 5-0 list, and the lists aren't published yet, but it's like 
Assaulti Snow mid-range deck. I don't know if you've seen that yet. It, it looks... What is Assaulti Snow? What, what is this? It looks part? pretty sweet, but you're playing, it, uh, like, the, the one-mana Prophetic Prism thing, Ice Fang Kotal, Dead of Winter as a, as a scalable sweeper for your deck, and then along with, like, Snow Basic Lands to power that stuff up. Uh, so, but otherwise, it's, like, Liliana's Tarmogoyf's Tireless Trackers, Assassin's Trophies, kind of, like, very typical Jun-style stuff. So, that looked kind of interesting. What's the blue for? Uh, Snapcasters, Ice Fang, Kotals, and some sideboard counter spells. Oh. Yeah, I never liked Saltai, because I it, it hurts me to take up Liliano when I'm holding counter spells. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, there's like so, so much anti-synergy, I don't know what's going on here. You just don't play that many. You only play Cryptic, because that's not <laughs> just a counter spell. It's also triple blue, but whatever. Triple blue, don't worry. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, so stick it with Modern for a minute before we move on. Uh, we have the London Mulligan Rules starting eh, a little less than a month now, like three-ish weeks. It'll be live everywhere. What are y'all thinking about bannings? Like, we've been talking about this Hoggick deck, which seems really busted after three days of it being in the format, but we'll see what happens as it goes along. Are you expecting there to be a lot of bannings with a combination of Modern Horizons and the London Mulligan rule change? Hmm. I don't think... Something will get banned, I think. Maybe not from Hogak, but I think with the London Mulligan and once Modern readjusts, I think we'll get new bannings. (laughs) Tarmogoyf gets banned. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> let, let me save your soul. Let, let's prevent people from playing this bad yeah. card by just banning them. Yeah, I think he's already like shadow banned because no one plays it anymore. <laughs> Snapcaster gets banned. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't see anything getting banned. Uh, not they yet. Ban agent stirrings. Are they really gonna ban everything? <sighs> yeah, or faithless looting, so I I, I think I think they, they're going to wait a little bit longer. They want to see probably what it's going to look like after the mulligan. I mean, too. well, yeah, I think that makes sense. There's a pro tour coming up shortly after the mulligan rule change, which is also going to be modern. And I believe modern horizons limited, which is cool. Uh, so I, I don't think there'll be any major changes before that, but uh, we'll see what the metagame looks like coming out of that. I definitely think that there are, uh, there is a higher probability of like multiple bannings now with the, new set and the new mulligan rule than there were a month ago when we didn't have Modern Horizons and had the old mulligan rule. But I think waiting till after the Pro Tour, probably most likely. I'm pretty, like, legitimately scared of, like, the Hoggick deck at the Pro Tour. Like, it is very early, but I definitely could see that being a really popular deck. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be popular, yeah. But I also think that because it's so new... Uh, the meta, I mean, like, the meta hasn't adjusted yet. But it also means the deck can get better, too. That's... It can. This is it like can. the untuned version. Wait till you see it in its final it's form. So, I mean... <laughs> the Hokage. Okay. <laughs> really? Hagek, I think, is on, like, the watch list, uh, even though it is very early. I think Karn is on there. I actually think, like, just the number of different <laughs> decks that are playing the Karn Mycosynth Lattice combo... I don't know if that's necessarily, like, do you want that to be the best thing for any ramp deck to do? Because that's, like, kind of where we're yes. heading is, like, 
if you are ramping at all, like, your game plan should be to play Karn and get Mycos and Vladis and lock your opponent out of the game. Like, I think magic is more fun. This is my criticism of, like, Emrakul and Grizzlebrand, too. Like, I think magic was more interesting when you had to be like, oh, should I try to cheat Inkwell Leviathan into play or Progenitus into play? Like, there wasn't clearly, like, the best thing you'd... Like, if you're gonna cheat something to play, it's Emrakul and Grizzlebrand, because they're, like, so much better than everything else. I feel like we're kind of getting towards that point with, like, Karn and Mycos and Lattice, where if you're going to ramp, like, that's what you should be doing, because locking your opponent out of the game is just strictly better than doing anything else. <laughs> they should have added colors, right? <laughs> like, the fact that any deck can do this uh, is a bit awkward, but I don't know, like, people will just ramp into the best win con. So when you remove Karn and whatever, you, you just replace with the next one, right? And if you know, everyone's using different ones today. Tomorrow, when they print the next best card at six mana, eight mana, or whatever, people just use that. So, is it really going to fix? <laughs> at anything? least you can theoretically do something when your opponent casts Primeval Titan or whatever. Like, like yeah, you yeah, literally yeah. can't tap your mana. Aspect where you just get locked out of the game, so it's not very fun. Yeah. So <sighs> just don't tap out. Totally right. That's how this. That's the goal. Crim uh, has such a different experience. It's like I got cryptics. I got pass. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Wait, wait, wait. Oh no, no, no. I lose to it all the time. For planeswalkers. <laughs> Straight up, you know it's coming. Haven of the Spark <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that uh, there's been a lot of ramp targets before. Uh, I also do not like losing a Microsynth Lattice, and I do it a bit. So, um, uh, I, I don't, I, but I don't think they're going to ban it. I think there's way more powerful things for them to ban. Yeah. I think the easy answer is to play creatures. I mean... <laughs> so like, if, like if, say you're a human deck and someone tries to card you, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Let me just smash card and smash your face. sounded right? so They're... displeased by the thought of that. Like, I play creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's why... I've, I've, okay, I have my other control deck, Bant Infect. <laughs> so, exactly you got know. to be like, nice card. Scale up, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, before we move on, uh, what's one thing from Modern Horizons that you still want to see, or you're still kind of waiting for, that you haven't seen over the first, uh, like, few days of the format, that you think still might have a chance, but maybe it's going to take people a little bit uh, longer to figure out? <sighs> I mean, okay, I'll go first while you guys think about it. So, uh, I, things that I still really want to see... I really want to see Renin 6. It was really hyped. I saw so many, like, hypothetical Assault Loam-style deck lists, and I have not seen anyone actually playing those deck lists on Magic Online. I, I, I have not seen a single Renin 6. I also have not seen any Urzas, and there was a lot of hype about Urzas, uh, infinite combos, doing all this crazy stuff. I have not seen a single Urza cast uh, on Magic Online either. So I think, for me, those are a couple of cards that... I still think people are probably going to figure them out eventually. Like, Ursa is really powerful. I still think Renin 6 is really powerful. Uh, but everyone's kind of, like, on the Hoggick train now, and everyone knows that deck is good. So it feels like everyone is just, like, heading that direction uh, immediately and maybe not working as much on those other decks. I guess... Oh, I know a card I want to see. Way back, Sarah, the Benevolent. Mm. There was actually a Spirits <laughs> deck in the, the top 32 of the Modern Challenge that had a single... A single Sarah. One copy. Yeah, because you like Lingering Souls, you have four tokens, and you come in, and you make some plus one, plus one. Like, if we it's were, little, like, a little too fair. Like five years ago or something, we could play Abzan. This would be great. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I think that card is way too fair. 
It's like Gideon. You just poop out a four four white angel token. It's like it's perfectly some midnight hauntings or whatever. It's perfectly on curve between little Teferi and Big Teferi Krim. Like you gotta do something at four mana. Oh I'm just waiting for four fairy. I'm just waiting for that card to come out. Modern Horizons two. It's gonna happen. I mean, I think for me, I, I'm I'm still waiting to see more either Yogmoth, Season Pyromancer. Uh, my pet card would be Future Sight, but I know that's not happening, or Astral Drift, so I could just count those two out. Um, <laughs> and I like maybe more Kaya's Guile, like more of it now. <laughs> that's the most crim answer. Like... Single handedly propping up Kaya's Guile. Kaya's Guile. Kaya's Guile. Kaya's Guile. Also Kaya's Guile. Uh... Yeah, uh, Yawgmoth is really sweet. I didn't realize it goes infinite with, oh no, the two-drop legend uh, from, like, Amonkhet or something. I can't think of the name of it right now. H- Hapatra. Uh, like, Hapatra plus Yawgmoth just goes infinite because whenever you put a counter on something, you make a snake, and then oh, you can put a counter on cool. the snake to, like, infinitely get enter the battlefield triggers and, car- like, card draw until you lose all your life total. So maybe there's something <laughs> there that people will will figure out. Yeah, uh, like that. That's I just I think Yogg's a sweet card. Um, obviously, four mana a little a little scary, but uh, it has to do a lot in modern right now if it's four mana. But season pyromancer is another one. Uh, maybe like a Mardu pyromancer deck. Uh, maybe maybe in Jund, who knows? Uh, but like I I think I think the card is really sweet. So I want to see more of that in like Echo Beyonds. Mostly the mythics, more of the mythics. But- uh, I just hope like a Yogmoth deck comes out and then an Urza deck comes out and then that's like the Pro Tour finals. <laughs> yeah, they're just both really good against the Hokage. Before we move on, I got to give a shout out to the person who sent me a snapshot of their their Morophon Slivertron deck where they were trotting into Morophon and then casting like the, the first sliver and all the like five color <laughs> slivers for free so uh, i don't think that's gonna show up on the pro tour stage but congratulations for actually pulling that off because uh that that has to be one of the sweetest things i've seen so far from modern horizons like uh i mean how tilted would you be right you're like oh they got tron not and instead all. of a card you see a morphine you're like what <laughs> the first sliver you're like what yeah how could you even be mad about that like i just yeah, wouldn't be mad at all it's like three colorless lads and you're play- trying to cast five color slivers like what are the odds of that actually working out but it happened there is no plan b Seth. there's no plan b thought sees you're morified surgical you're morified and you're just like oh god uh, all right so before we get to fish mail, uh did you all see the tournament that Red Bull is throwing? A two, I believe it's $200,000 Magic Arena tournament. I don't think we talked about this. It might have been up last week when we did the cast, but we didn't talk about it. Uh, what do you think of these outside organizations apparently dumping big money into the Magic esports scene? Coolest thing. Love it. Uh, yes. Untapped. It's, what, it's actually what Richard talked about at the very beginning when we talked about Magic moving into esports. Uh, if like someday some big companies start investing into it, like Red Bull, hmm, and uh, I guess that aged well, and uh, and and whatnot. So this this is this is pretty big. I, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. We had HP for the Mythic Invitational. Now we have the Red Bull tournament. Next step is like Geico. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, I'm serious, right? Because, like, Red Bull's been in esports for, like, a long time, right? So, like, okay, yeah, we got them. Next step. Next step is to get people that don't traditionally 
you know, some of the, you know, some of the weirder ones, right? Like, because HP, you know, it's gamer products, it's like so obvious. So when, when companies like Geico and things like that start advertising, you know you're big, right? And Geico does Hurts do them. a bunch of, like, esports sponsorships, right? Yeah. But they're not immediately associated with esports or, like, I don't know, like, rocket loans or something <laughs> like that, right? So that's the next step. We got Red Bull. On to the next. <laughs> but it's, it's really big news for Magic. Uh, if you asked me two years ago, three years ago, would you ever expect to see, like, a Red Bull tournament? I'd be like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. No, I. it is definitely super awesome. And, I mean, I think that's what Wizards was really going for and hoping for, were these outsized companies to step up. And uh, I think it's definitely a huge deal, and it's certainly really good for players. Like, that's just a, a really high EV tournament that, in theory, anyone can get into. Like, I know it is a limited number of slots, but there are just random players who are going to be able to be invited to the tournament. So, definitely super sweet to see. On the other hand, uh, did you all check out the... MPL at all this weekend. They had like their final week of the first whatever group or something. I, it was it was uh, on Friday and they had like eighteen hundred viewers or something. It was like a like a I don't know Jeff Hoogland stream, a Kenji stream, like and you have thirty two people that you're paying seventy thousand dollars a year for to uh to do like what are you thinking about the MPL? Like where like as much as much as we see these great things with esports, then we have like MPL going from fifty thousand viewers to under two thousand viewers in like five weeks, like just decreasing week after week after week. Like what do we need to do to make that part of this new world of Magic Esports and have people actually care about it? Not pre-recorded. That's uh, that's one of my big yeah. ones too. I think pre- uh, that is such an odd choice. It's just like against the whole streaming culture. Like I don't know why you would make that the pre-recorded choice. Yeah, and and also like some people brought this up, and I I, I think it's an interesting point. Um, there's a lot of players that are huge, right? Like they're, they're in the MPL, they're they're big because they were big on paper, right? Paper magic and all this other stuff. But people now, a lot of people are also getting in from arena. So they want to see maybe more bigger, like, arena streamers and all this other stuff. That, that Like, that's what some people were talking about online. And I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know if that's true, but it's just because, like, they, like, example, like, you'll see somebody that just, they, they watch all the time, right? They'd be more inclined to watch that person. Yeah, it's an interesting point yeah, as I well. Think- I mean, yeah, because it is, like... Traditionally, mostly people that are paper players, although like the MPL does stream now, although uh, the MPL are for the most part, not like the biggest streamers or the most watched streamers, but they are uh, consistently streaming. But that is an interesting point that I hadn't really considered that maybe it's just like maybe you just got to split it up. Maybe you keep like paper tournaments for the paper pros and return some more GP coverage or something and then try to make your arena more like mythic invitational style where you can still have like some MPL people but also like maybe this isn't pro magic maybe this is like promotional magic where you're trying to like have this really cool league to show off magic arena and for the people that play magic arena and then keep like pro magic more or less like kind of pro magic was before like and have it be almost two separate but somewhat related things yeah but the issue is then like how do you like you know it's like hard to split that up and whatnot i'd rather just follow like for me i don't mind because but i guess i i'm not the i like i I watched paper magic right so i i i know who these like pros are and all this other stuff so for me that's fine but for someone that's new getting into magic you know it's like well who is this 
I think it's too early to panic, right? Because you gotta right. remember where we are. We are at the tail end of a quote unquote boring standard, right? We have Modern Horizons preview season plus the pre-release plus the new modern, and then NBA Finals, right? <laughs> so it's understandable that people aren't incredibly hyped. Just maybe too much standard, too much magic, and people just don't want to watch it. So the interesting thing for me will be when the new standard set releases, what do the MPL numbers look like? Um, but, you know, compared to traditional sports, it's kind of boring because there are no teams, there's no franchises, there's, like, no history. Like, there's nothing to really care for. You know, there's no, like, diehard fan who's been there since the beginning when they sucked or whatever, right? Like, it's just like, I don't know, there's a bunch of pros playing. And, oh. So they got to do something about the storyline as well to make it compelling. I- uh, you know, to and I think, yeah, and related to that, I think people don't know why the, why this league matters. I think that's a really huge deal, like, because that's why you watch sports. You want to see, like, your team make it to the championship, or your team that usually sucks make it to the playoffs, or whatever, if you're a Bills fan like I am. Uh, like, that's why you want to, but you know <laughs> what they're playing for. Like, you know, like, if they get to 10 wins, they're going to make the playoffs, and if they win the playoff game, they go to the next playoff game. With the MPL, like, even from talking to players in the MPL, you know you get a buy at the next Mythic Championship, but they were like, some of the players were even like, I don't know, like, if this counts towards getting into the MPL next turn. Like, there's these random points, but they haven't told us if, if they do anything or what they do if they do do anything. So I feel like it would be much more compelling if we had, like, the storyline of, like, if you're in the top whatever, you're going to be in again next year, but you get relegated if you're in the bottom. Like, there'd be a lot more meaning. Like, that's why people tune into, like, the last match of Swiss. You're watching these people. Like, if you win, you make it to the top eight and get all this money. Like, all of that drama is kind of missing because no one really knows what the MPL is playing for, like, for the most part. So I feel like if that was laid out more and people knew, like, why the matches mattered and what the, like, uh, winning of the matches did for the players, I think that would make it a lot more compelling as well. We need merch. (laughs) We need jerseys for, like, the people or something. I don't know. Like, there's no... It's like the difference between watching like football at home versus watching football live in the stadium or at a bar, right? Like it's, you're literally watching the same thing, but there's like a different atmosphere, right? And I feel like magic is missing. There's no like cheering. There's no like you know Twitch chat is like sub only. And, like there's no representation, right? Like when the Bills lose, it's like you lost, right? Like they're a part of you. Whereas when whoever loses, you're like, whatever, right? <laughs> like, what's their deck list again? Like, so we, we have to find some way to build up that, uh, you know, that connection between the Magic players or teams or whatever, and then the audience. Because currently now, it's just like, kind of like a, a study, right? Oh, what's their deck list? How are they playing? Like, what are the lines? And like, that's that's kind of it. Whereas I want to, you know, when, when they mull the five, I want my heart to sink, you know, like, you know, have that feeling, right? And we only get that today kind of like in the top eight of a pro tour where, you know, we've been following someone throughout the tournament and then now, this you know, the stakes are at the highest. Uh, but when we watch every week on MPL, like, we don't get that. So they got to somehow infuse that into into the viewing experience. And I think, like, being pre-recorded kind of hurts that too. Like, I... 
I don't have That's any interest thing. in watching like a basketball game that happened three days ago. <laughs> like that's not really entertaining to me. I'll just look up the score on ESPN if I'm curious who won. Like I think being live is a huge part of that. So if they, if there was one suggestion I would make, it would be find a way to like have it at least like the feature matches. Even if you can't do all like 16 matches live, at least have some live matches each week and have like the people on camera. Like I think having the face cams like you saw at the Mythic Invitational, where you're actually like seeing the players and their reactions and their emotions. That's what was part of what made uh, Mythic Invitational, even though I strongly dislike the format, but that's part of what made it compelling is you actually got to like see the players and get to know the players a little bit. And you don't necessarily get that as much as you could, I don't think, from the MPL so far. Yeah. Speaking of formats, they should have had them play Singleton and Popper on Arena. Ooh, Momir. <laughs> Momir Pro Tour. Yeah, Momir. Momir MPL. That would be very interesting, yeah, just... right? Like, you can see their high-level play on this casual format, right? And, oh. I don't know, just anything from the monotony of stand. Like, we've seen the same standard for, like, how long now? Like, I don't think anyone cares anymore. But, like, pro singleton list? Yeah, sign me up, right? Like, pro pro Momir moments? <laughs> sure, right? Why not, right? So... Pro Momir moments. Oh, you gotta <laughs> have face camps for that. Be like, you just gotta, you just gotta get the the RNG on your side of the coast, I mean, and really, like, we should probably move on to fish mail, but I think that's a challenge that arena itself has to kind of overcome, since right now it only has standard on the client. So I think that's. Like, this will happen next year, theoretically, until and if they get to the point where they, like, start adding modern or start adding other formats and actually start, like, supporting them with MPL because standard isn't always awesome. And, like, one of the problems with standard is it just gets old after a while. It's not so much that, like, Wizards design standard poorly or anything. They, uh, in general, there's been great feedback, and I think the sets have been great. But after you've been seeing the same, like, Teferis for 16 months now, and you're, like, looking ahead towards rotation in a few months, you're kind of just, like, check out to some extent. And you're like, uh, like, no matter how cool or awesome this deck is, I've seen it, like, a hundred times already. So uh, I'm ready for something else. And I think that's a challenge of a re- as a client with it just focusing so heavily on standard only anyway fish mail richard let's answer some questions all right if you have questions send them to at mcggoldfish with the hashtag mcgfishmail and we'll get to your questions on air first off dust on my head seth and crim would you do an esper versus yoink video together i'd love to see crim's tears when the fairies get yoinked no hate, you're my favorite Avenger right after Aquaman. <laughs> yep, my favorite Avenger, Aquaman. <laughs> that could that could be uh, fun. Uh, yeah, that that like like I'm assuming this is like standard, right? Yeah, I, I think it would have to be standard. <laughs> I I I mean, yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun. I mean, I I've traditionally found that matchup slightly favorable from the Esper side. Oh, so. all right, never mind. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Rufio3030, hey crew, can we get Omen Machine back on the Against the Odds pool? It's the most Against the Odds magic card. I need it. I will get it back out there. I know it's been out there before, and it's never won, uh, but I promise you, after we get through Modern Horizons release, I will get it back on the pool. All right, Carolus Rex 78 with all the talk of banning surrounding the new mulligan rule, do you think there are any cards that could be unbanned in Modern to help the format, or would they just be too powerful? Uh- Hard mode. Stoneforge Mystic can't be an answer. Aww. Well, uh, 
I don't even think it is an ant. Like, what would you do with this? Get your sword of sinew and steel? And- <laughs> ha It's a travesty that <laughs> Stoneforge is bad. It still deals trample. <laughs> it really is. So, But if I can't answer that, I really think with how modern is now, um, and I don't know what other people are going to think about this, but I think like modern is a point where I would consider cards like Splinter Twin and maybe even Birthing Pod as cards that I just don't know if they're as scary as they were five years ago. When you're dying to Grizzlebrands and Hoggix on, like, turn two, turn three, is, like, I play a Birthing Pot on turn three and wait to untap with it and try to combo the next turn. Is that even something that, like, moves the bar in Modern at this point? Is, like, oh, my turn four infinite Deceiver Exarchs? Is that even scary compared to, like, current modern version of scary, which is, like, you die on turn two to Infect or Hoggix or Deoform or whatever? I definitely think Splinter Twin should uh, should come back. Uh, I think Stoneforge is fine. Surprise. I know. So, yeah, surprise, surprise. I think Birthing Pot is also fine. I, I think those these the two four mana cards that we had just mentioned, Splinter Twin and like Birthing Pot, are just they're good. They're very good cards. But Wait, like what did you say said, about Stoneforge Mystic? Is good or not good? I think I think, it's I think it would be. I don't think it would do anything in modern. Like maybe I think it would be free. Yeah, so it's good to be. Oh yeah, unbanned, it would be safe to be unbanned. Yeah. I think yeah. it would not be very totally powerful safe. in modern. Yeah, I think at this point all fair cards can be unbanned. Like 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 sets it. I don't know what that birthing pod would get you. It's like hard mode combo, right? Like people are playing busier combo today already. So I'm like, is this really gonna help? Like those cards were banned in an era where. Modern was much more fair, so that made sense. But now we're totally in the unfair category, so these cards don't don't matter. I'm actually coming around on the idea with London Mulligan rule that you just like unban everything and then create a new ban list after like three months or something. I don't know. Maybe everything is wrong because like I know Ivugan's busted. Like I know like Skull Clamp, but <laughs> I would be happy with unbanning a bunch of cards, like half of the ban list, with the idea that we would kind of create a new ban list after seeing how it shook out for a few months. Do you think Do you think the original Eldrazi list would be good nowadays? I think it won the, the no ban list modern tournament that they did at like SCG Con a few months ago. So I think it would still be pretty good. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Because I know I don't want to give Tron I mean, but uh, what about just like the, the old Eldrazi decks? Uh, so next up we have Ushikin wins in against the odds this week, you said the record felt like the old days due to zero wins. Do you think this is because you've gotten better at construction or because we ask you to play better cards or something else? Uh, Combo, I think. I think I have gotten better at building decks. I also think uh, we just played a lot of the jankiest cards already. Like, we played all the, like, you win the game cards and a lot of, like, really hard mode cards in the early days of Against the Odds, so maybe we'll start revisiting some of them eventually since a bunch of time has passed now. But I think that it's partly also that, yeah, we've just played a lot of, like, the hardest you win the game type cards already, so they don't show up on the poll anymore. Young Frugal, what is... What if the Netflix show turns out to be a Yu-Gi-Oh! style show where the planeswalkers that follows are people playing the card game? Instant ruin or still a potential hit? Uh, if the showmanship is good and, like, they really ham it up like, like Yu-Gi-Oh! did, sure, I guess I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that would go well. Yeah, I, 
He's cast as a fairy. What do I do? Uh-huh. You fool. Yeah. I had the answer <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they, I think they, they should funny. make like a like a YouTube series like that. Like, you know, for for their for their YouTube channel or something. But I think that'd be fairly amusing. Yeah. Yeah, and they, and then once again they have to have like the the voiceovers that are kind of like like really intense and like overly express like I like like Kaiba's voice. Yeah, Yugi yeah. boy. Oh, the April Fool's Day joke would be pretty good. Like I feel like they should have done this by now. At least just like a one-off episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like Dovin's like voice lines are like perfect for like the TV <laughs> show, right? Like think about the voice lines and just hearing like. Uh, like 30 minutes just voice lines uh, okay S Barnett 82 so we have Magic the Card Game and now we have MTG the Animated Series how long before MTG Go take a walk and catch yourself a sliver <laughs> uh, I could see wizards actually trying so they're usually like yeah, a few years behind like hot trends like that. So we're about due, I think, for MTG Go, like another year or so, and it'll be it'll be the time frame. Wait, is the Harry Potter game out? Pocket to fairies. <laughs> like, I wonder what that what this would look like because you don't catch slivers, but you what you would you catch planeswalkers. Could... Yeah, like what do you? I don't know. It seems interesting. Have like little goblins and squirrels. Oh no, I got it. So it it used the uh, the augmented reality thing, the AR thing, right? And you'd walk around, and you'd, I mean, okay, I guess this is kind of breaching people's comfort, but like, it would, you would like point the camera at them and help them ignite their spark. <laughs> oh, it's, people are gonna get arrested. That's that's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah I was like, hold on, this is this is not a good idea. Never what are you mind. doing? Don't what do are you that. doing? Oh no, I'm just igniting your spark. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Imagine the awkward. Sorry, sorry. And then walking. What away. about just like one flibble flip in the whole world, and everyone has to try to find it? Oh, like geocaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, very, very not fun. <laughs> oh, says the guy who wanted us to ignite Stranger Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, hey, that that kind of kind of works, I guess. Oh, it reminds me. Uh, what was? Do you remember like way back there was like that PlayStation game where you put a CD in and then you would generate like a monster. And then you would have to like go around finding random CDs to like get the best monster. I don't, I don't think I ever played that one. Yeah, you never played this. What is is that like? I know that's not Yo Rap. What is it? Yo Parampa Rappa? I, I can't remember. No, no, Parampa was like a is a dance like a game, rhythm like a, game. Yeah, rhythm this game. was like a Pokemon type game where the way you generated your monsters was getting like oh, random monster like, rancher. CD. Like it could be a music CD, a game CD, and it would like get some hash of it or something and then make a monster for you. Wait, what wasn't that Monster Rancher? No, that's not Monster Rancher. Right? No, wait, it was Monster Rancher, right? I have I don't... no idea what it's called. But that would be cool. You just walk around and you have to find the right person to ignite their <laughs> so we still like the idea of knighting people Starks. Of yeah, Stark like, oh, Sparks. Sorry, your potential's too low. Sorry. Um, <laughs> mistake. Let me go on to the next person. <laughs> Not only did you insult them, but you also... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't use you to fight the Thorexians. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. 
I don't even know what the end game of all these sparks being ignited <laughs> does, by the way, in the game. It's not like, you know, like there's a gym, right? Like, well, Emrakul is coming. You gotta be ready. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, accordingly, 23. With 11 million and Modern Horizons coming, there has been a discussion of fair versus unfair decks. I've heard players refer to Modern Storm as unfair, but Modern Burn as fair. Uh, if unopposed, both are turn three decks. What's the difference? Uh, the people that call Burn fair are just wrong. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> Bur- I consider Burn an unfair deck. Burn is basically a combo deck, in my opinion. I would it's call a very it a fair combo. combo deck, though. Like, I don't think it's a combo deck. I think it's a fair deck. Richard, so we don't even agree here. How are we going to answer? Richard doesn't question? doesn't think anything except Hagik is unfair at this point. He's like Dredge is fair because it's not Hagik. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my combo, Seth. Turn one Tarmogoyf, turn two... Or turn, turn one Thotsies, turn, turn one two Tarmogoyf, turn three Liliana, and then I win on turn five. <laughs> like, that's a combo, right? But it's it's slow and incremental. Whereas, traditionally, we think combo decks, they kind of just kill you all in one shot. Whereas, Burn has to kill you over multiple turns. But yes, it's like a seven-card combo that you're trying to assemble. But three Thoughtseize was a Tarmogoyf and a Bob are a combo, What right? is the definition of fair and unfair, then? Like, how do what do you think of when you hear unfair deck or fair deck? Like, how do you define it? <laughs> oh, this is gonna be like opening Pandora's box. <laughs> uh, so, is Jace fair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is fair magic. It definitely feels unfair when I play against them, though. <laughs> well, that, that's the same as, like, like, Blood Braid into Lily. That feels unfair, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can interact with it with the traditional way and the traditional way is i think removal okay so if you're beating down with creatures right? basically like if you're attacking with creatures yeah, and that's you how you're creatures winning. and removal that's good wholesome magic and if you're doing maybe if you win by combat damage if you're winning by combat damage that's fair anything that's not is unfair or so combat like, da- like incremental combat damage not like a one-shot Emrakul. That's... Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, but, like, what about other things, like Planeswalkers <laughs> and stuff? Is that unfair, unfair magic? Right? I mean, okay, that's not... yeah. Is, is Karn, Microsoft Vlad, is fair? No. 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 <laughs> but <laughs> Jay's is, kicking up magic. for, like, 12 turns. I think... But fair magic. they're the same. You're not winning if they've brainstormed four <laughs> times. Right? Yeah, but you can, like deceive yourself into thinking you have a chance when with Karn you just you know right away <laughs> isn't that worse <laughs> I guess that might just be strictly a, a, a way more terrifying feeling like oh hey I think I have it oh no wait I'm just getting fate sealed or they brainstormed me like 32 times in this game yeah well, here's a is infect fair or unfair? unfair I would say an unfair deck because they kill you over the course of multiple turns with combat damage I think for me it's speed I think like Maybe that's not even like it's an aggro deck. So is eight whack unfair then? <laughs> I kill you uh, on turn three with goblins. Right? Uh, yeah, but then you man, this is harder play. than I than I realized. Because like Splinter Twin, yeah. I think is a fair deck. Honestly, like it wins with an infinite combo. But if you look at an actual like twin deck, it's like a fair control deck. Like that just happens to be how it finishes the game. But it's not any different than like playing is it control and then winning with Jace like. I think that's, like, a fair deck, even though it has an infinite combo that wins the game. When, yeah, that's also, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's like, also, how many times are you just going turn four, attach the Splinter Twin to my ex, sorry, in open mana? Like, I mean, yes, you can, but I, I feel like that usually doesn't work out. And because you can right. interact with the combo, 
So we have yep. no answer. You stumped yep. us. It's whatever magic players want to complain Except about. Burn. Burn is unfair. <laughs> I think Burn is fair. Burn is I fair. think Burn is fair. <laughs> but I guess we're wrong, Richard. <laughs> According to well, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying <laughs> No, no, <it's> no. <laughs> I think it's fair. I genuinely think it's fair. I just like it, but it's oh. fair. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, last question. Semper Nemo. When are you going to launch Gundam Out, the series where Richard goes 2-3 in modern leagues playing Ghost Boys? I watch that every week. I, I've thought about this, actually, but I, I figured it's a fun meme, but you guys would not actually watch it. <laughs> like, After episode two. We're like, all right, it's turn two Tarmogoyf. Okay, pass. Okay, they just milled us out. <laughs> On to the next game. Maybe, maybe once a set release, there's an episode showing off any new new yeah, editions. Yeah, maybe like every yeah. quarter. Does we, this jump again? Yeah, you can just and the the cover, uh, like the, the art on it, the thumbnail art could just be the is this blank <laughs> meme, but with Richard on it. Is Jun <laughs> is Jun tier one? <laughs> no, it's it's really the thumbnail will be Tarmogoyf getting killed by a different monster every thumbnail. First that Shadow, <laughs> then Hogok, then like Gurmag Angler, then whatever one mana 2020 they want to print next set, right? Like <laughs> Alright, that's all official for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions in the future, you can send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MBGFishmail. And I think that that brings us to the end of episode 228 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, uh, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back next week with uh, exciting stuff. It'll be the start of M20 spoiler season. So we should have some new cards to talk about, at least a few. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. New cards coming. Until then, y'all have a wonderful week, and this is The Crew signing out.